Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Welcome to the Larry Kreider Leadership Podcast. Larry Kreider here. With me in the studio today is my very, very special guest, Laverne Kreider, my wife for more than 50 years. Welcome. It's good to be here. This should be fun. This is fun. We've been wanting to do this for a long <laughs> yes. time. And we're going to talk about the the, uh, the book, Our Journey with God, The Devon National Story. So we want to go back to the early, early days. We you know, walked together with many amazing people over these years and talk about things we've learned about leadership. In our podcast here, there'll be people from throughout the world listening. Uh, we're talking about those small changes we can make in leadership that can make a massive difference, not in our lives, but the lives of those we serve. Let's go back to the early days, of course. We met, we saw each other in high school somehow, we met, and I, I got right with God. Thank God for you, because you really spoke truth into my life. And Jesus changed my life, and we got involved in a Bible study with your youth group, if you remember. Yes. And then we had a heart to reach the lost. What was that like? Do you remember those days? Well, I remember that we went to this small community yeah. where there were a lot of kids that were just really um, in need of, of God's love. And right. we played baseball with them, and right. we had crafts with them, and we just loved on them in, in for, yeah, for, for a couple years. Yeah. You know, it was really fun. I think what happened was we realized all of our friends were Christians yes. in those days. And we yeah. wanted to find, you know, some people, but kids who were not. And we remember this little place called Poplar Grove, yeah. a little community. We remember in high school, they were the kids who they were really were going through hard things. And remember in high school and et cetera, et cetera. And so we went there and played baseball, basketball, whatever. Just as a chance for, we call it relational I guess, Christianity, yeah. relational evangelism. Yeah, and it was a call from God, too. It was. I remember there was a group of us that were like, we want more, you know. Yes. We, and we felt God call us to, to get out of our comfort zone and our right. little youth groups and to just right. really uh, reach out. And so our challenge for all young leaders today is don't wait for somebody else. Yeah. Just obey God and go yeah. do we it. We were young. We were, yeah, yeah, we were like 18, 18 19. Yeah. You know, we got married and I was yeah. 20 and I you was were. 19 and a half. Nine, you always say 19 and a half. Makes <laughs> <laughs> you sound older. Yeah. yeah. And so then, of course, we helped start this youth ministry every Tuesday night. But then we went into the mission field, living yeah. in this little island off the coast of Johns Island, South Carolina, off the coast of Charleston. And what what do you, what did you remember about that time that would have helped you in leadership? Well, for one thing, we were we were the leaders of this group. Right. It was like maybe six to seven. And young some of them people. were older than we were. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, and uh, it it really taught us about servant leadership, it about um, serving without a lot of thanks. You know, right. uh, doing it as unto the Lord. Uh, it really causes to get us out of our comfort zone. Yeah, that was a really really in fact it it changed the just how we looked at life that's and, true and we lived in this more of a sheltered culture right and when we got into that into into that one year that we lived in that island it really opened our hearts it did. to other cultures and uh and other just just a world more of a world view exactly of, and to see what god was doing that's right yeah. i remember going out to the woods in the back of our house and praying because i thought we don't know what we're doing know. you know god help us yeah. help us and obviously that's key for 
anybody in any yeah. age of leadership, but wherever we start, we need God desperately. Yes. And the Lord really spoke to us. I remember PT relationships. Yes, you remember that? Yes. We learned about Paul Timothy relationships. Paul Timothy, remember yes, that? Yes. And that was really helpful too during those days. So we come back from the island. And of course, I was a chicken farmer working with my dad, and we moved right next door to my, my parents. And we jumped back into this youth ministry. What do you remember about that? Well, I remember, you know, feeling the tug again from the Lord, you yeah. know, that nudge to, because we had already built some relationships, but we had Correct. gone for, we had been gone for a year, but this ministry kept on going. Right. And so um, I just, I just remember feeling just a, a real desire to connect with kids. And um, it was, by that time it had grown some, there was, there was a coffee house. Right. There was, we had, I think, and we, we soon bought a, a little property. We did. And yeah. we had kids coming there. Almost every night, there we were did. kids coming. Clubs and all kinds of Craft clubs, stuff. Bible yep. clubs, um, you know, all ages. Uh, and then we started seeing kids come to the Lord. Yeah. And it was just, it was, it wasn't. When I look back now, it, was, yeah. it, was, it wasn't easy, but it was an amazing time. And I want to make it clear that during those days, we had no desire or interest in starting a church. No. You know, I mean, we're going to talk about the Dove International story. And by the way, uh, this book that Laverne and, and I, with many others, you know, wrote just about a year ago, a year and a half ago, Our Journey with God, the Dove International Story. This is available free for five days, ebook free on Amazon. But in, in the midst of all this, we weren't thinking at all about planning church. We were just thinking about helping young yeah, people, yeah. helping them grow. We love these kids. And yeah. one by one, they gave their lives yeah, to Christ. Yeah. I mean, I remember we had a little Volkswagen Beetle. Remember that? Yes. And uh, these kids would sit in the roof. I remember the yeah. water would come in. and you, It was hard. It was yeah. not easy. Yeah. It wasn't for the faint of heart. But we were called. Yeah. God calls, and we, we loved what we did. Yeah. And then someone had a van, and we would take these kids right. to churches Sunday nights, church services. That's right. And try to get them plugged into services. But at the same time, we were having Bible studies at our house. We lived in this tiny little house. We did. And we packed it out with kids. And that's when we really started discipling. Right. Young young kids. We, right. we you talked about Paul Timothy relationships. Right. That's when we, we didn't know a whole lot about it. We knew what the Word of God said right. to go and make disciples, um, but we just we love these kids and and they needed discipleship. They needed care. They needed. They, they, yeah, a lot of them came from incredible brokenness, right. uh, broken homes, and I remember so, the first yeah. the first teenager I met. I remember. Uh, he did not know why there's a Christmas or why there's an yeah. Easter. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know, we're talking Lancaster County, yeah. Pennsylvania, Bible Belt. Uh, but our heart was to help them come to Christ and grow in God. And they asked, remember, the team asked me to start a Believer's Bible Study. Remember that? And, of course, that was in our house. I think the first night was five, maybe, of us or six of us. And, man, I was scared. I didn't know how to teach the Bible. But we just started somewhere, and that's yes. the real key to leadership. Yeah. You start somewhere. Is there an open door? Take one step. Take yeah. one step. And then you said, well, we really had a heart to see these young people, these kids, plugged into churches. So we learned to love the body of Christ because in those days, on Sunday nights, there were Sunday night church services. And you'd read the newspaper on Saturday and it would tell you where, yeah. what was going on. Remember that? Yeah, all the church services exactly. were. Exactly. Yeah. If there was maybe the Cross and Switchblade movie or yeah. something, we could take them to see that. Or a or, concert in one of the exactly, churches. Exactly. Yeah. Or something that would, would fit their needs. And so we did that. We took van loads. We had a couple of vans, van loads of young mm -hmm. people into churches to try to help them fit into the church. But what happened? Did they fit in churches as a whole? No, very few. Very, very few. few. There were a couple that would go Sunday mornings to some to some churches, but they they just didn't connect. Exactly. You know, and um, they needed 
something. They needed a new wineskin. <laughs> yeah. We didn't understand that then. No. But, I mean, we had some wise people tell us later when Jesus said, you take new wine, put it in new wineskins, old wine and old wineskins, preserve both. Yes. We realized otherwise we break the wineskins. Okay. So they needed new structure. So we had this Bible study that was kind of like Tuesday night Bible study at our house. And then we moved to a laboring farm and we met in the barn, if you remember. Yes. Uh, this Bible study yes. just to help them grow in God. But it was these... Paul-Timothy relationships, one-on-one, yes, one-on-two, yeah. one on that made all the difference yes. in the world. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I would look, when I look back, it was an amazing time of discipleship. And I, when I look back, it was, it wasn't always easy. No, you it was know? hard. But yeah. there was a real sense of a, a call in our lives and compassion. I yeah. just remember we absolutely did love these people that, these kids yeah. that we were working with, right. you know. And so then in 1978, one day praying, you know, we often tell the story. God spoke to me and said, are you willing to be involved with the underground church? Didn't, we didn't know what that meant. Remember, I'm crying, saying, God, what does that mean? Realized later is focusing on the house-to-house -house part yes. of the church that's underground. Yes. And then uh, and your daddy, your father was the pastor of Hammer Creek Mennonite Church. That was our local church. Yes. And then in 1980, I think it was January, February, God spoke to me clearly. I've called you to start something new. We knew what that was. That was a new church. That was daunting. I mean, <laughs> we had no seminary, no background. And so we talk all about this in the book, Our Journey with God, The Devon and National Story. We talk all about this and all that we learned uh, in, in that whole, whole process. I remember that Sunday, I remember I looked at you. It was between the church service hour or the Sunday school and church service. Yes. And I said, God just spoke something to me. I'll tell you on the way home. Yeah. And after the service, a friend of ours, who's a spirit-filled man of God, said, Larry, t this week there's a meeting for people who want to start churches. I think you ought to go there. And that was our confirmation. Yes. And so then we started, to, we, had, we had this little Bible study, you know, we called it a little house fellowship that we had started. And, and uh, then we started two of those, you know, and, and we had great friends who helped us with all that. We had two of those. But we didn't realize we were called to start a church. And so we went to some Mennonite bishops, and they kind of fathered us in, in those early days. And uh, in late 1980, we had our first Sunday morning meeting. Yes, and a real key was, I, I really believe a key was prayer behind yeah, it. it you know, the grace of God, but prayer. And, and we, we were, at that time, with this discipleship, we were raising up leaders. We didn't right. know. We always had teams. Right. We always had teams of people. Now that's the key really to leadership. Key. Yes. Always we, fi find people to build a team. Even oh. when we didn't know what we were doing. Exactly. We, we, were, we, we just knew we needed teams. And we had teams of prayer. We had teams of, you know, of, of um, we'd meet with people that were raising up as, as leaders. Yes. You know, and um, I'm forgetting what we called them, but they were like our leadership team probably. Right, right. And uh, we would pray with them and meet with them and. So the teams were incredibly yeah. important. I remember well uh, back before we even had the call to start the church, we meet in our home early Sunday mornings yes. with from people from different churches who were yeah. discipling people. Yes. Just building teams, building teams, yeah. building teams. So then we actually started. There was about 25 brave people who were actually willing to walk with us. And, you know, this is probably one of the hardest books, I think, that I ever helped Right. I mean, you and I wrote this together, mm -hmm. and we had a lot of help from our, our good editors and lots mm -hmm. of others. Interviewed dozens of people involved in this process. It was hard to write because there were so many people God's mm -hmm. used, you know, in the last forty some years uh, in the Dove movement. You know, today eleven hundred plus churches in twenty five countries, but it all started just with one. You know, it started with discipling a few people. It started with a few people in the living room. You know, and uh, said so I think that's why it was such hard. And I don't want to. 
miss saying the reason we have this book is because you kept a good diary. Oh, well. Yeah, really. I hope. <laughs> really. Talk but, about that. Well, I kept a diary since I was a teenager, and it, it, it's a little bit different than my journal. I have a journal, you know, express sure. my feelings. This was just basically, this is what we did today, you know, yeah. and so we went back over the di- diaries. I went back and picked out things from from the beginning yeah. of, of, you know, the, the youth ministry and just picked out things of that where I felt were important because we've I forgot most of the stuff. I mean, you sure, did too. I did. I forgot a lot of things. It was like, oh yeah, oh that's how that's what happened. Yeah, and so it, the diary did help mm-hmm. to bring dates and uh, just refresh our memory about mm-hmm. a lot of things that you know that we we experienced right. back then. Now it was during the days of the Jesus movement, and you know, I, you know, I've said many times, you could almost spit on the pavement. Someone to come to Christ, you know, it was a different season, amazing season. I believe God is bringing that back again, even in a greater way. And so this Bible study grew, and then we started another Bible study called Rama Youth Ministries. I mean, the first ministry was lost but found. Remember that? Yes. Once you were lost, now you're yeah. found. Okay. And we started then uh, having different communities. Yep. Involved in different communities. We did. We started oh, outreaches in different communities. And then we had teams and Bible in different studies. communities. Right. It, was, it was amazing. It was. It, it just it multiplied. I mean, yeah. The youth ministry multiplied, and yeah. then we started the Bible studies, the yeah. Raymond Youth Ministries, and they multiplied yeah. into many different parts of yeah. the greater Lancaster County region. And you know, hundreds of young people were giving their lives to Christ, receiving Jesus as Lord, uh, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. That was a big emphasis yes. in those days. Yeah. And then finding their, their assignment, God, what is it? You know, youth ministry or yeah. what is it that they're called to yeah. do? Uh, so that was this youth ministry, and this is important, I think, to say, was uh, operating right alongside with the church. It was, two, it was Raymond Youth Ministries every week, hundreds of young people's lives being changed. And then at the same time, uh, the, the church was starting to grow. Yes. And we started underground. We started, we had, th- remember we had three cell groups. We call them cell groups in London and Dr. Cho. We had yeah. three cell groups. And then, then we, we I always, when I teach in this throughout the world, and people say, what was it like in the early days? I say, well, we grew from three to two. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Because we just didn't know we what we were learning. doing. Yeah. Exactly. It, just, it was a learning process. Exactly. And I remember yeah. you. I mean, you were just meeting with women, key yes, women. yeah. And you felt that when the church started, you felt some pressures to be yeah. the pastor's wife. And yes, you refused and that. To, Tell us about have that. All these, well, there was this pressure to just do the normal things a pastor's wife would do or either just let's have big women's meetings and, yeah. and all that. But I had learned a lot through discipleship and I remember you really helped me also mm. in just saying you know you can have these big meetings and right. have women's uh, meetings which are great sure. or you can disciple some, some women and pour your lives into right. them and that's what I did then in those early days I just there were some women that I saw potential in leaders and I just I I poured my life and met with them had coffee with them we had little kids at that time so you we did. used to call it prayer with our eyes open you know because yep. our kids were running around we were praying together but it, it, it was all really grassroots small groups right that was our emphasis and um and and then out of that it was raising up leaders yeah. uh, to go far ahead of us. That was exactly. in the beginning. That's how, what our desire exactly. was. You know, we didn't understand all of it, but as we look back now, that's that's what was really, right. you know, God was doing in our hearts, just raising up leaders and teams right. to go far ahead of us. Right. And uh, so, yeah, we saw we saw a lot of fruit come from that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was good. I remember these early days. We had three small groups, and went back to two. I remember one of the early leaders, Mervyn Charles, and I each gave leadership to one of those groups. And then we then went from four to eight to 16 because God honors unity. 
And when there's unity, God commands blessing, you know, Psalm 133. And we experience that, that yeah. unity, and God commands yeah. blessing on that. Yeah. And we, w- the small group back there in 1980, there were hardly any churches doing it at that point, except That's for true. Dr. Cho. There was it throughout. As far the world. as small groups, yeah, you're right. It was almost so unheard we, of. It was yeah. everyone wanted to just go back to let's have a big meeting, yeah. and we had to continue. In those early days, yeah. we wouldn't even uh, we would say, "Look, we're not going to church. We are the church. That's right. The church <laughs> is is people, right. and it's it's the church in your communities and working together in different areas. And then Sunday morning's just a celebration. Right. And so we had. It took us, I mean, for many years, we just continued. We were almost like pushing uphill somewhat. Exactly. Um, Going now, against the current. most churches have small groups sure. and that kind of thing. But our emphasis was that the church was people, <laughs> loving one another, caring one another in their communities. And then Sunday mornings was just a celebration. Celebrating what God and, had done. And we would often say, listen, don't say we're going to church. <laughs> yeah. We are the church. We're yeah. coming together to celebrate. And so that was kind of a strong emphasis yeah. back there. Well, yeah. we, we focused on house to house. Yes. We taught publicly and house yeah. to house. Yeah. And that was a small group. In fact, I remember in the early days, we called them house fellowships. And we wondered, would we be like a house church network? We didn't yeah. know how God was leading us. But yeah. then the Lord led us to have this Sunday morning dynamic, Sunday morning celebration meetings. Yeah. But the emphasis was below the ground. Well, you had heard the call. That yeah. You had heard that the call, call to the underground church. You exactly. didn't know what it all meant. But we, we knew exactly. we had to... We had to follow that call, That's right. uh, even though we weren't quite sure. We didn't see the totally the bigger picture. Right. We just walked in the obedience of what we had, right. what we knew, and we made mistakes. You yeah. know, and as and I look back, exactly. You know. And even today, one of our key values is the whole house to house ministry. Yeah. Why? Because the believers do the work of yes, ministries. So we yes. said no. You know, we didn't believe in titles. You know, I was it wasn't Pastor Larry. You know, they called me the quote unquote senior pastor. That sounded old to me. You know, but bottom line was everyone was a minister. Everyone could yeah. baptize. Yeah. Anyone could share communion. Anyone could pray for the sick. And you're right. Training others to go far ahead of us in God. That was always the goal. Yes, that prayer, discipleship, and evangelism. You got it. Real key. Say that again. Prayer, discipleship, and evangelism. We would emphasize that. Right. That we can do nothing without Christ. Exactly. And that we we would have all-night prayer meetings. In fact, I was looking at my diary again the other day. I was like, I was amazed how many... On you know on you know all night prayer meetings we had, yeah. and yet at the same time, there was a place where we got kind of prideful about that too, That's and right. God had to work that out that of us, true. you know. But it was just like this this whole thing of prayer, and then we would really strongly disciple yeah. or emphasize discipleship, right. and then reach the small groups were for reaching out in your exactly. communities. Not to be navel gazers, you know, yeah. um, even though we needed that sense of community right. within each other. We was all the emphasis of, of reaching out. Right. Uh, and so that was a, that was our strong emphasis back then, you know. And, we, yeah. and to this day, I long to see that people coming to Christ in yes. small groups. So we used to see they would baptize, you know. You, right. Someone gets saved, you'd baptize them, you know, yeah. in your small group, you know. and. Kind of like it's this, easy to yeah, go back yeah. to what everybody else does. Yeah. So for all of us, it's yeah. so easy to do that. Yeah. But in the New Testament church, I mean, the believers were, they were the ministers, yeah. you know, yeah. and they met from house to house. That's yeah. what they did. And, you know, Acts chapter 2 and on and yes. on. And we, we want to see that happen today in greater ways than ever yes. before. Of course, they yes. see that in some nations. Yeah. And God wants to continue to do that here in our nation also. I mentioned this is a hard book to write. 
And of course, we were so blessed by Luann Good, yes, and our aunt, who, who has asked you know, so many people questions and, and to get the real story. Yes. But it was a hard book to write because there's so many amazing people God placed in our lives who helped us. It wasn't us. It was oh, God my. through so many amazing people. Yeah. It was hard to know who to acknowledge, who to acknowledge, because it was just God. It was just the work of God. Uh, and then we, we met a place called Abundant Living in a living room. And then we met in their barn and went to school and went back to the upstairs of the barn and outgrew that and then had a couple services and then went to Sight and Sound. And we had our, our second we called Celebration. Then we went to Newmanstown, the third what we called Celebration. And would you remember times when we say, you know, we are so convinced God's called us to see people uh, come to Christ and meet house to house. We're going to stop the Sunday morning meetings. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Oh, I remember that. We were part of a small group. And yeah. I remember we met. For a month and a shot. For a month. And we, there was no Sunday morning corporate group meetings. We all we, met in homes. Yeah. I remember one time, we, in fact, what, what we did was we had people stationed at our buildings. At that point, we may have had three buildings we used. And we had rented. And people stationed there Sunday morning. And people came and said, where is everybody? And we said, well, the church is meeting house to house. So right down yeah. the road you can go. We helped them fit in. I remember one time we came back after a month. We added 100 people to the church. Yeah. That was fun. That it was. It was. Yeah. it was really, really exciting. Yeah. And all this is in our book, Our Journey with God, the Devon International Story. Again, this is free for five days, ebook, Amazon, online, if you want to get that. And because wherever you buy books, you can get this book, Our, our Journey with God. You know, I think my favorite part of the whole book is, you know, as we went through, you know, all of our hard times and changes. And oh, yes. we didn't have spiritual fathers for a season in our lives. We were too proud. We thought we had our ducks in a row. We didn't. Yeah. And later God yeah. gave us spiritual fathers. I mean, we, but we God. Shared, but God. We <laughs> showed the good, bad, and ugly in this book. Yeah. Uh, and yet it's, it's just a, a wonderful testament to the grace of God mm. and what God has done over the years. And we started planting churches, remember, overseas and places like mm. Scotland, Brazil, and Kenya, and New Zealand, and, you know, Uganda and different parts of the world. Uh, and then after we were in existence for about uh, 12, 13 years, it was some very, very difficult times. And I was yes. a young, immature leader. And I just wanted out for a while. I thought I want to go back to being a chicken farmer, yeah. you know. Those Remember not, those days, uh, those hard, hard times. days. And God just met us again yeah. and again and again. Yeah. Brought the right people into our lives. And then the Lord used that to show us that we're called to be a movement, not just a church, but a movement of churches, a family of churches. And you remember well then, in, we started in 1980, but by 1996, we grew into a couple thousand people. But we were in a place where we said, no, we're going to be, we're going to release, we're going to give away these churches. We had eight celebrations, and we call them celebrations. We were like a multi-site church. In those days, there's no terminology for That's that. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And then we started, uh, we realized we're called to be a family of churches. And we had, so we gave all the churches the freedom, the celebration of freedom, to join with us in this new movement. Or join another part of the body of Christ. And, and uh, the eight celebrations here said, yes, we want to be part of this. And three overseas churches, I remember, Uganda, Kenya, and New Zealand at that mm-hmm. point, that we want to be part of so those 11 churches. And so, so then you fast forward to today, you know, let's now 42 years since we started. You know, God, by His grace, we went from 11 to like 1,100 plus, which still blows me away. Only God could yes. do that. But we learned so much the hard way. Yeah, if we would have gone through those hard times in yeah. those early 90s, yeah. I, I'm, it really shaped us in re- releasing people in right. a greater way and seeing a bigger picture of what right. God wanted to do. That's true. To be a movement and not right. just uh, have big um, corporate meetings, even though we yeah. we had corporate meetings right. and we gathered, but we, we saw a bigger 
we right. at least we took steps to, right. we remember <laughs> to every, follow what remember God was doing. Every couple of months, we would meet like at Langston High yes. School Auditorium, yeah. Longest Park, yeah. or you know, and we did. Yeah. And that was all great, and it was wonderful. In fact, it was it was exciting. It was faith building. But we realized it was the small. It was two or three gathering in His name. He's in the midst of us, yes. and that's because of the call to the underground church. And, you know, I've had the privilege of being in Asia and visiting underground church leaders, et cetera. But God wants to do that everywhere. Yes. Where, yes, praise God for good preaching, good worship, all that. And, of course, now we're, more, we're involved even in microchurch, which focuses on the church in the house. And microchurches working together, which is just another expression. We realize there's three kinds of churches, and they're all from the Lord. Yeah, God works through God all works of in them. all of them. Yes. And we just need to realize whatever we're called to do, we honor that, but we honor everyone else. So there's the a community. The church, the community that's church, right. and the And the and house, the house church network, or the microchurch yeah. network. There's all that. So again, this book is filled with insights on this, but I think my favorite part of the whole book, Laverne, and again, I'm so grateful to you for all your hard work on this, but I think my favorite part is Things we learned the past 40 years. We have 105 things we learned in the last <laughs> 40 years. And we're still years. learning, really. We are we're still, still learning. learning. Yeah, it's back in the back of the book. And uh, I look at some of these things that we learned. You know, things like when God speaks, just listen and obey. You know, things like that. And Jesus taught that new wine, new believers need new wineskins, new church structures. And even today we're seeing that. Even yes. today is a different generation. It we is. need new structures. Yes. You know, how do you how does social media fit into all this? And there's That's so right. many things, things that God's showing us today, showing the body years, of Christ. Yeah. yeah. So what stands out to you as you look back over these last forty two years since the first Doves, you know, church service started, what are some things that you say, this is something that either I've learned or that I think maybe I would do different? Well, I think one of the things I learned, you know, it's very a no-brainer, but is that we can do nothing without him. Yeah, you know, I think exactly. it, it really brought me to that mm-hmm. point of just knowing that is Christ in we us. We need Jesus desperately. We, it's Christ in us. It's not working for God. It's yeah. working, allowing God to work through us, right. you know. And and also just um, just seeing God's God at work in people's lives. Yes. I think, you know, just not... Um, not getting too familiar in in that spirit of familiarity, but seeing God at work in people's lives, yes. and and then calling it forth and yes. praying it forth, and um, yeah, just uh, what would I do different? Um, I think um, I would. I as I look back now, I you know we were very busy. We were pioneering we were, some things, yeah. and we had a small children, and uh, and I often tell young mothers now, you know, because ministry can take over that yeah. to find more of a find a balance with all that. You know, there's no easy answer to that. But I, as I look back, I would, I think I would have liked, I, I think it would have been so if I would have found more of a rhythm. Mm. Work, worship, play, and rest. Okay. Just find more of a rhythm in my life, you know. I mean, God, God redeems and Say that again. Through it. Say those four well, there's a rhythm. Again. There's a real rhythm to have, you know, just have work, yeah. worship, rest, and play in our lives. Yeah. And um, and we we grew up with just a real sense of let's get the work done, you know. Sure. And we loved and we cared, but right. it was I I just if I look as I look back, I I would have I would have walked in a little bit more of a rhythm yeah. <laughs> that the Lord had. Yeah. I don't know what about you. I, I think uh, when I look back, one of the things I've said many times, and I still believe so much, is I would have seen the need for fathers in my yeah, life earlier. Yeah. And we had spiritual fathers. We had two Mennonite bishops who for a couple of years were there for us when we started. We just yes. knew nothing. But then we started to grow. We're growing like 300 people a year, and it's like, wow, God's blessing us, and we're praying, and, and we got some pride, you know, and it's crept yes, in, and we yeah. thought, well, 
Yeah. We don't really need fathers, and, and we went through a change with those, with those fathers. It wasn't a breakdown in the relationship, but, the, you know, we just realized we're probably called to start our own thing, the thing we're doing. And uh, I think we had about 10 years with no fathers, mm-hmm. no spiritual fathers or mothers. And so when it got difficult, and again, a lot of it was, I look back, a lot of it was my own issues, you know, it was my own immaturity and learning how to lead and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but we had issues. We really had no one to turn to. And so grateful God did bring older, wiser yes, leaders yes. into our lives later. Yes. And of course, we've had for the last, what is it, 20 years yeah. or so, we've had 25 yeah. years 25 amazing spiritual least, fathers yeah. in our yeah. lives. But I think not having that, and I tell young leaders, young leaders will ask me, what should I make sure I have? I say, make sure you find, ask God to give you spiritual fathers somewhere that can be there for you and help you walk through the, the hard times. And walk in accountability. Yeah. You know, always learning. Um, you know, um, I know someone in the beginning of ministry said, you Laverne, if you put yourself on a pedestal, you know, right. you're going to fall off. And, <laughs> That's good. And, you know, it's just like, especially as leaders, um, you know, we, we can... We, we can kind of have this adoring public sometimes. Sure. Now, it's not always easy, but there is this place that we walk in a, a place of humility. You know, yeah. um, Jesus said, or not Jesus, God, God spoke through Isaiah and he said, I'm looking for a place to rest in. And, yeah. and who do I look to? Those that walk in humility yeah. and contrite heart. Just yeah. and walking in that place of just hum- humbleness before the Lord, right. always learning. Right. So, so key you know, yeah. in our lives. So we look back, I mean, life's in seasons, and we found in our lives, even in ministry, it was in seasons. And we had like a, you know, about a 15, 16-year season where we were, quote-unquote, pastoring a church that grew from 25 people to a couple mm-hmm. thousand plus. That was a season, and then, uh, or a chapter, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then chapter two was we experienced the blessing of God yes. in movements, you yes. know, yeah. growing from 11 to 1,100 plus. Yeah. A movement, and that was another season. Yes. But now we're in another season. We're looking yeah. forward to younger yes. leadership who can, I believe, will take the Dev family way beyond yes. any place we could go. That we couldn't take it. At exactly, this point, and, and that's obviously time. for us, Merle and Sri Shank, yeah. and how yes. helping prepare them yes. for that. It's coming up here in the next few years. Yes. Looking forward to that. And I think the thing, the thing about what we've learned, I think we've said often when we're together is that we want to see those that we train, those we mentor, those we serve mm-hmm. go far ahead of us. Absolutely. It's the Elijah, yeah. Elisha it anointing. Yeah. Yes. You know, he had, Elisha had double portion. Yeah. He had twice as many miracles. And we've seen that already. Yeah, even if there are natural children, we want to see our exactly. children. What, what parent, you know, unless they're selfish, right. dysfunctional, exactly. wants to hold on to their kids and, and don't want to see them be blessed and prosper. Sure. And it's with our spiritual children. We want to see, yeah. we're not going to, we're not going to control them and hold on. Exactly. We want to see them released. And um, and we can just be that spiritual parenting exactly. with, in their lives. You know, we've just scratched the surface. We've only begun. We've got to close. We're out of time. Our, the book, Our Journey with God, the Dove International Story, next uh, five days is uh, free. If you want an ebook, free, you get that in the next five days. And uh, again, in fact, Laverne and I had the privilege of doing this on Audible. Yeah, yeah, and that was, was fun. Yeah. yeah, so we actually tell the story. We read through this whole thing together. It's an Audible also. So, Laverne, any last minute words of wisdom you have here before we sign off for today? God is faithful. God is faithful. <laughs> and um, don't despise those days of small beginnings. That's good. And That's just be good. obedient to what and the light you yeah. walk in the light yeah. that God gives you and and uh, walk in that place of obedience yeah. and, 
and um, righteous peace and joy. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the things we, mm. we had to continue to learn, not to walk in the fear of man, yeah. but to walk in the fear of the Lord. And not That's not good. allow anything to steal our righteous peace and joy good. in the That's Holy good. Spirit, which is the kingdom. The That's kingdom right. of God is righteous peace and joy yeah. in the Holy Spirit. I think the last thing I would leave with our friends today around the world is if God can use us. We know us. We oh, are the most absolutely. common, ordinary people in the world. Yes. If God can use us, he can use anybody. So I'll say that again. If God can use us, I want you to know he can use anybody and Absolutely. he'll use you in ways yeah. that will blow your mind if you're just willing to be obedient yes. to him and just stay free from offenses yes there That's will be people key. who will say things and do things yes. that will hurt you yeah. just refuse bitterness keep forgive and bless keep your heart yeah. soft and god will use you in ways that that's beyond your imagination well, we're so glad you all joined us today. Check out the show notes. You can get more information on our journey with God, the Devon and Nassau story, plus lots of other yeah, links that will help you know more about these things we're talking about here today. And uh, thank you for joining us today for the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast, where we learn those small changes we can make that make a massive difference in our lives and the lives of those whom we serve. God bless you. Have an amazing week. And we look forward to connecting with you again real soon. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.